Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWolfOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 494. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, coming to you from the cab of my F-350 pickup. I'm still in my temporary office, although we are working on the foundation of my new office facility down at the workshop, so that hopefully will happen before the end of the football season, but, you know, no guarantees on that one, that's for sure. Uh, so, yeah, wonderful day in Merritt, and uh, we're having fun, and uh, we've got football. We had some wonderful football games this Past weekend, very predictable, or at least I, for me, they were. I, I, I nailed the fucking contest, this, this pick them this weekend, just nailed it. Anyhow, uh, besides the point, uh, what are we doing? What are we talking about? There's all sorts of things. We've lost some head coaches, or at least one in the CFL, and a defensive coach and D-back coach and a few other things, and we'll get to that later on in the show. Uh, we're going to talk about the games this past weekend. We're going to talk about the games coming up that's coming up this weekend, which the big one. The big one that everybody's talking about is between Winnipeg and British Columbia. Um, I, I don't know how you can do this. How can you say that the big game is between Winnipeg and British Columbia when Calgary is also undefeated? Okay, why is it Calgary? Why can't we have a three-way round robin here this weekend? That would not be fun. No, we're only allowed one football game a week. Okay, so that's not going to happen. What else have we got? we got some neat things happening new rules new rules wow a, a bit of a kerfuffle over in toronto and we'll see what happens oh and we have our dear friend sparky now sparky takes care of our pick and pool and he does all the admin on the on the on the podcast he takes care of everything and gives me all these different things and we'll see what happens uh everything is going great um uh, one question i do have you for you sparky is these these uh, spreadsheets that you give me, uh, you give me a, a, a picture of it. Um, do you actually do this in Excel, or what program do you do this in? Because can you give me the raw data so I can manipulate it? It's still a little too small for my old eyes, so I want to make it in, into a different format and uh, go from there. We'll see what happens. Anyhow, um, Sparky, our dear friend Sparky, has come up with a mathematical formula for power rankings. So we have our own Let's Talk CFL podcast, Power Rankings. I don't fucking believe them, but Sparky says that there's no emotion, no bias, no nothing, that this is the facts, this is what it goes on. It goes on sacks and turnovers and points and yards and time of possession and whether you won, you lost, who your opponent was, all sorts of stuff, and it's all got a mathematical formula, and uh, it comes out and says that this is the Power Rankings, and uh, it's not okay, well, I, I'm not putting Saskatchewan in third place cause I, or last place because I don't fucking like them. Uh, so, yeah, you can't do that. So mathematics, it, Sparky says math doesn't lie. Math does never lies. I 100% agree with you. But you have to have the right formulas and you have to have the right inputs. If you've got the wrong inputs, then math kind of lies a little bit. Uh, or it's not lies, it's just fucking wrong. Uh, so we're going to go over the power rankings. We're going to do that a little later in the show. This is kind of cool. Um, what else has happened? Oh, top performers of the of the month, first month, June. 
who's the top performer there? Wow, pretty cool. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk about some quarterbacks right across the league. Well, why not? Because we can. we got two hours to talk about it. We're going to talk about some games. So let's bring in the panelists here. And hopefully I've not been talking to the wall like I was last week. Um, I got Will McDonald here. How you doing, buddy? Did I did did I have a dialogue? Did I have a rant? Did I no 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 no? I said I'm I'm good and it's McDonald, not McDonald. Um, I said McDonald. No, you said Mick. Sorry. Go back and listen to it. No, I did not. I specifically say Mac all the time because I know you get mad about that. You're the Scotsman, not Irishman. You know, it would be the same as if I called you Chris Jones, okay? So, same thing. That's um, a coach. I know Chris in that girl's name. Yeah, People call him that all the time people. online. I know they do. They I do. know they do. And the first thing I think about when they do that is, come on, guys, that's a girl's name. Don't call him Chris. So, <laughs> anyway, so I defend you. So I defend you, okay? So you should defend In your me. mind. Anyways, anyways, um, as I told you, as I've been telling you guys all along, of course, Kahari Jones got fired because Danny Machocha was just waiting for a way to fire him. Waiting for a way to fire him, and he finally found it. 100%. And Nobody was arguing with anybody on that one. We all knew that that was happening. As soon as Machocha took over the GM position, he wanted the coaching position. We all know that yep. the man cannot coach. Okay, so it, it's a Jim Pop scenario in, in Montreal all over again. So yep. good luck with that. But we're going to get to that later. We're going to talk about that later. It's actually yep. one of, of the course. Papers. Of course, of course. It's an important thing. Well, In fact, I, I think it's the first segment. Well, then I can talk about what I did tonight. Tonight I went out for dinner with one of my suppliers to the keg. I love the keg. Okay. I had Isn't a great big wonderful. Steak. I had a great big skate, and of course, my favorite thing is Billy Miner Pie, okay, which is just fucking pure heaven, okay? It's so good. It it's really is so good. A little decadent. Yes, it is, and it's so good, and I love it. And so, I just got home from that, and I'm tired as shit, but I still want to talk about football, so, so okay. we can do well, that. Okay, that's a good thing. Yeah. I'm good with that. Billy Miner was an outlaw, right? Right in uh, in our in right where Charles is, actually Mission. Oh, is that right? Yeah, he's, he's right? from the Lower Mainland there, or at least he he was a criminal in the Lower Mainland. You should Google yeah. him. I didn't Who's know that. that? Yeah. Actually, Billy there's Miner. a pretty good, interesting story on Billy Billy oh, Miner. Yeah, Billy Miner, yeah. He was like an outlaw. It was actually. Yeah, there's a Billy, a train robber or something like that. There's a Billy Miner pub in in Mission, I think, or Maple Ridge or something like that. It's it's actually after Mission. But, yeah, you're right. There is a Billy Miner pub. It's uh, Albion, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, anyhow, how are you doing, Charles? I'm doing good. Yeah. Back after my one-week hiatus. Everything's good. Yeah, everything's all settled yeah, in. Everything is good. Yeah, you went away, didn't you? Where did you go? Hawaii or something? No, where was it? What? He didn't go I away. Went to Hawaii. Oh, I was just out. Oh, yeah. He just, just couldn't be in the, the podcast show. last cool. Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. So. Right, right, right. I thought I saw pictures of you in the swimming pool somewhere. It wasn't me. 
Damn, eh? Okay. That, that was the other Charles Cliff. No, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, ne- never mind. Never mind. Brain fart. Okay, so that, yeah, let's, uh, anything you want to talk about football related other than what we got on the agenda right now, or do you want to dive right into last week's games and talk about them? I actually got to watch oh. most of these games. It was quite entertaining. I was pretty it happy was. about that. Last week, I didn't get to watch any games, and this week, I got to watch them all. And this weekend coming up, hey, my women, my women, because I have too many of them, um, have, uh, for the most part, abandoned me and gone to Iceland for 10 days. Iceland? So I'm at Iceland. They went to Iceland. Uh, the Icelandic uh, uh, National Championship uh, horse competition, Landsmot, is on this week, and they went to spectate the event. I mean, that's we have Icelandic horses, right? So that's where they, they've gone. This is their kind of thrill of a lifetime sort of thing. So they're pretty excited about this, and they've gone off left this today. Now, if you think about this, I'm at home alone, unsupervised. And, yes, it's scaring the shit out of me as well because the possibilities are endless. Yeah. Pretty, pretty cool thing. Now, I do have the red hand. She is still here, and our German girl is still here, and then my son-in-law's mother is here taking care of two of the kids. So I'm not totally, totally unsupervised, but I can pretty much do what I want. They're, they're, they're not telling me what to do. So it's only my wife and my daughter that, that do that. So they're gone. I'm pretty happy about this. this is a, I got a week off. This is awesome. Anyhow. That's okay. all right. So let's, Yeah, it's pretty cool. So let's, let's go to the weeks. What do we got here? We've got, um, this was week four, was it? Or week five? Yep. Week four. Week four. 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 Five. Week four. Week four. Right. Five. The week five is coming up. Week. Yes. Right. This is week so four. Week, week four. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that's good because uh, otherwise I don't have anything for Sparky on that one. So that's kind of scary. Um, so the first game in week four was the BC Lions into Ottawa to play the Red Blacks. Now, everybody was expecting a BC blowout just like what they did the first two weeks against <laughs> Toronto and Edmonton. Um, that didn't happen, and I, for one, didn't expect it because I think Ottawa is a lot better team this year than what they were last year, and I think they're a better team than Toronto or Edmonton. And the game didn't disappoint. It was right down to the wire. It was a pretty exciting game. Uh, Ottawa did get ahead a couple of times, and uh, it was really good. Now, Nathan Rourke threw, what, two picks or three? Two. 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 He threw two picks. So this kid stared down adversity, made his own mistakes. He actually, I think he fumbled one on his own, too. And in doing this, turned around and won the football game. I am so impressed with this kid's maturity, their composure, his clearness of, of, of mission, everything. I am just ecstatic about this. This game, this was a good game. We didn't have Brian Burnham. We did have James Butler back. Uh, I didn't think we used him enough. 
but he was there, and so was Bola Combo. So we got two of our three injured back, and it was a pretty good game. Uh, and I'm, I'm happy with the results. Obviously, BC won. Otherwise, I wouldn't be happy with the results. But it was a, it was a well-fought game, and it was entertaining. I enjoyed myself. Charles, your thoughts? Well, I like you. I was not expecting a blowout in this game. I mean, because not every game is going to be a blowout. Even a lot of games against inferior inferior opponents don't always turn out to be blowouts. And you had to look at it this way, that the Lions were playing on a short week. They had to travel across country. So I'm not surprised it wasn't a blowout. I think for the most part in that game, the Lions were still very much the better team. They did have a couple of hiccups and a I actually think that those interceptions by um, uh, Nathan Rourke were actually kind of a blessing in disguise because it gave Nathan Rourke some adversity to deal with, which he hadn't had in the first two games. So this is something that's all in part of uh, building a young quarterback, see how he deals with with, um, uh, adversity. And I would say he passed it with flying colors. He gave up the two back-to-back interceptions. Ottawa scored touchdowns off of both of those turnovers. And then Nathan Rourke turned around and got those two touchdowns right back and got the Lions the lead back, which they never gave up again. So uh, I honestly was very impressed with the way Nathan Rourke handled himself. We've seen other quarterbacks. uh, I'm not going to name any. Jonathan Jennings, that uh, if you threw a couple of picks, you just completely collapsed and fell apart. So I was really happy to see how he kept his composure and uh, work the problems out. So I think that's an encouraging sign for the Lions. And if I'm an Ottawa fan, again, I'm not all that upset with this game either because I thought Ottawa played very well in this game. And you got to look, Ottawa held their own where Edmonton and Toronto got clobbered by this team. So I think you've got to, on the Ottawa side, while you lost again, you've still got to be relatively happy with the way your team played because they hung tough through the entire game. So, um it's good on the Lions getting the win, and I don't think Ottawa's all that upset about it either. Well, they're four and zero. Of course, they're upset about it. Oh, and four. Yeah, zero and four is not good. I, and and just for the record, I, I believe Nathan Rourke uh, faced some adversity in the Toronto game by losing Brian Burnham and James Butler and Bo Lacombo, even though Bo Lacombo's on defense, he lost two of his big offensive weapons, and he didn't skip a beat with Dominic Rimes stepping up and taking over there in that game. So I'm not sure. He's been challenged more than a couple times. Uh, The Toronto game was never in question, so it wasn't severe adversity the way that, you know, throwing two picks for 14 points and a fumble for another three, 17 points off of turnovers in what three possessions, four possessions. That was mm-hmm. that was that was devastating for him. But yeah, three possessions by Ottawa and Nathan Rourke comes in between and scores two touchdowns. Now, it, yes, it's a team effort, and 100% it, the Lions scored those touchdowns. Nathan Rourke didn't. But, yeah, it was a pretty exciting game, and I'm pretty happy with his progress. And, yeah, we're going to talk about BC Lions a little bit more passionately because that's who we are. And I've just opened Will's mic up because he was making some sucky noises and stuff. Well, Will, welcome to the show back, buddy. I'm sitting, I'm, sitting, I'm, sitting outside. I'm sitting outside, so there is noise. Well, you know what? I'm not going yeah. I'm not going to talk about what I'm not going to talk about what you guys talked about because it's already been talked about. But the the there's a couple of things Thanks. there's a couple of things 
that I, I have observed and, and that DC needs to teach Nathan Rourke. And the first thing they need yeah. to teach Nathan Rourke is to slide. Yes. Because yes. Yes. if he tries to take yes. on guys, he's going to get hurt. I'm sorry. It's inevitable. He's going to get pummeled, okay? And you don't I want agree that to that. happen. You don't want that to happen. And I know, and I know he's probably all... 24 years old and excited and he can run like like a deer but man he's going to get popped and and that could he's going to get hit by Simone Lawrence it's going to be bad right so he's got to learn how to slide is what I'm going to say he's been impressed he's been impressive there's no doubt about it okay um, the team in general has been impressive there's no doubt about it um, Ottawa was not happy with the way they played they want to fucking win okay and i don't think ottawa knows how i don't think ottawa knows how to win yet that's the problem but ottawa's 0-4 and they're still only two points out of first place in the east so so you know same with same with hamilton same with hamilton same with everybody else okay which the yeah. East is pathetic. Are we going to talk Sorry. about one division? <laughs> yeah, we could, but why? We'll put that down later. We could, we'll do hey, that later. John D. Hodge, how's the East going to be this year? Yeah. Oh, did Those quarterbacks in the did East are great. Yeah. It's just pathetic. Anyways, but, on. yeah, hey, so, hang on. like we, I said, I, you I can't got, hang on. Before we go any further we got to let yep. the people know what you guys are talking about, okay? So I posted this in our group chat today, and it was John Hodge, who he's a bomber homer, right, that works for Three Down Nation. And he posted this on Twitter, and it says, the East Division has become stronger than the West Division, if you ask me. Just look at the quarterbacks. I'll take the guys in the East over the guys in the West any day. Says this is where we need a laugh track. John Hodge via Breakdown Down Nation. We don't have a laugh track on here, do we? No. It's kind of, kind of boring like that. Uh, do you so, think he was being funny? So do you think he was trying, not intentionally. My question is this. Who is he talking about? I don't McLeod know. Bethel Thomas. McLeod like, Bethel Thomas. <laughs> okay, Andrew let's Hitt. take Zach Caleros. Let's be totally non-biased between the three of us on this panel, and let's take Zach Caleros. Okay, Winnipeg Blue Bomber yep. quarterback, who I personally yep. like, and I've, I've made no bones <coughs> about. And I think he's an amazing quarterback. Um, and what what's his Eastern quarterback year? is better than him? What's his record this he's, year? He's less. Yeah, he's got a great record, but he's less than impressive. I agree. What's his record? What this quarterback? Year, oh, he's four and zero. He's four and zero. Okay. Okay. He's lost nice. one meaningful game since taking over the helm of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Lost one meaningful game in two, two years. Correct. Well, a year and a half. You know, two sets of playoffs, Correct. breakups, whatever. Anyhow, beside the point. Okay, I think he's an amazing person. Beside the point, you please name me right now. You Both of you guys, this is the floor is open. Which Eastern hey. quarterback is better than Zach Caleros? Trevor Harris. 
Hello? Where's that laugh track? Is better than that, Calero? Trevor Harris. Well, I'm pretending I'm John Hodge. You're serious? Or is this a, are you I'm pretending I'm John Hodge. Trevor Harris. Yeah, he's not being serious. Trevor Harris. There's no one better than that, Calero. It's not in the East. Who's a quarterback in Ottawa? Matt Nichols? Uh, uh, no, it's Jeremiah Mazzoli. There we go. Oh, right. Sorry, Jeremiah Mazzoli. Jeremiah Mazzoli is in, in Ottawa. Trevor Harris is in Montreal. McLeod Bethel-Thompson is in Toronto. And Dane Evans is in Hamilton. Please tell me which quarterback there is good enough to carry Zach Caleros' jockstrap. None. None. Zero. Okay? Okay. Now let's move e- uh, west. Let's take Bo Levi Mitchell, who I'm not a fan of, but I respect. Okay? Which uh, three and quarterback None. is better than – who's 3-0? and And combined, combined in the Eastern Division, they, they have one win over a Western team. One win and 11 losses. Okay? Which quarterback in the East is better than Bo Levi Mitchell? None. Okay. Let's move further west to BC and let's take Nathan Rourke. Which quarterback in the East is better than Nathan Rourke? None. I can't say any. None. No. None. Sorry. None. None. Okay. Jump back to Central Canada. Which quarterback in the East is better than Cody Fajardo? Whose record All is great fun. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Being serious here, I honestly don't think there is one. Okay? Yeah, well, yeah, but hold on. I have heard uh, rumors, sir. I have heard rumors. Yep. And it could very easily happen now because of what happened today. Yeah, and the rumors I've heard is that Cody Fajardo will not be the starting quarterback by the end of the year in Saskatchewan because oh, of what okay. happened today. Yes, you mean the Montreal? It's going to be Vernon Adams. Hmm. Ooh. Ooh. Is this is there this was, a, a, a will speculation? No, there was, there was, there has been talk in the last weeks, and it led up to this whole thing today that uh, Danny Matocho was a Trevor Harris fan, not a Babs yep. fan. And yeah, I've heard we that know too. That. That's and, and if you remember back three weeks ago, second quarter, Danny Matocho was on the sidelines, and they pulled the badge for Trevor Harris, and he hasn't looked back since. So I'm thinking no, no, I, that was I part agree. of the problem. So, go ahead. Ah, interesting, interesting outlook. Uh, where, where where did this come from? Will Will thinks about things constantly. CJ, oh, sorry. Is this a Will idea, or did it, you hear this on another podcast, or is this I didn't, coming no, from I didn't, some I didn't, cider I didn't, type of thing, or is this? Just... I didn't. I did not hear it anywhere. I've just been thinking, and I mean, let's face it, he is the only 
if Saskatchewan is looking for a starting quarterback because, and once again, once we talk about the other games, the one thing I've noticed is Cody Fajardo, not only is he not very good, if he keeps on getting fucking beat up, he's not going to finish the season. Because their offensive yeah, line reminds me, their offensive line reminds me of BC's in 2019. It's horrible. Yeah, it's horrid. No doubt about it. So okay, so the last team in the West that we're going to talk about here very hi. briefly because we're supposed to be doing our shows hi. is Edmonton and Nick Arbuckle. Do you think that Chris Jones is happy with his quarterback situation in there, or do you think that Vernon Adams might be heading to Edmonton instead? Possibly. Arbuckle could end up in Saskatchewan. Arbuckle could end up in Saskatchewan. End up in Saskatchewan. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 a more likely scenario from me anyhow. Is that I think that yeah. Arbuckle will end up in Saskatchewan, Vernon Adams in Edmonton, and Trevor Harris will take over as the starter for the Montreal Alouettes or can at least continue as the starter in Montreal. Yeah, I don't think uh, Vernon Ad- or um, Chris Jones wants nothing to do with uh, with um, Vernon Adams. I don't think he or, or no Vernon. Don't or, forget, not Chris Jones, but Danny Machocha wants nothing to do with Vernon Adams. That's correct. No, but Danny Machocha wants nothing to do with Vernon Adams, and Cody Fajardo is not going to Edmonton because there's no way Chris no. Jones wants Cody. Fajardo. No, Chris Jones wa- doesn't want Cody Fajardo. There's no way he wants. Yeah, him. but why does? Why does Chris Jones want anybody when he's got the best quarterback, the best Canadian quarterback in the CFL right now? Well, he doesn't, but that's beside the point. Well, yeah, he does. He's, a, he's got the I second mean, he's best one, quarterback. Yeah. No, no, he's, he's, the, he's, the, he's the best Canadian trained in Canada quarterback, okay? Just saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's different. That's different. <laughs> I know that. I was baiting I, you. You know what? I, I did Don't not, you know well, that? We're going to get to Trey Smith in a bit. We're going to get to Trey Smith in a bit. So, anyhow. Um, Trey Ford. We've got, Trey we've, Ford. Trey Ford, sorry. My, my bad. Uh, so, we finished the game here, the BC-Ottawa game. Uh, it was a very entertaining yep. game. BC came out victorious 34-31, to 31, which was a total of 65 points. Uh, Charles, you took BC at 46. You got 104 uh, Will, you took BC at 44, you got 100-0. and TJ took BC at 42, took, so I got 100-0. and zero. Uh, The next game up was the uh, Edmonton Eskimos into Hamilton, Tim Bedfield, who notoriously well defended. Uh, in, in fact, I think the first season they didn't lose a game at home. Isn't that correct? Uh, I believe that's right. Firing? Cool. So, um, and uh, Edmonton, who was an 0-3 team or whatever, going into Hamilton, actually, I think they were both 0-3 teams. They were both losers. One of them was going to come out victorious. Uh, Very good game. I I liked it. Uh, You're talking about Saskatchewan's O-line being horrid. I'm not sure if they're as bad as Hamilton's or not. Because, oh, my God. That O-line reminds me of the Hamilton O-line under Kent Austin. It was absolutely terrible. And I'm surprised that Dane Evans has any teeth left. They were all over him. 
Oh, he, he did not have a, a moment to think. He was running for his life every second of the game. And then everybody's talking about, oh, did we get the wrong – did we keep the wrong quarterback? No, you kept the wrong O-line. I, I feel bad for him. I, I honestly feel bad for him. Charles, what's your take on the game? Well, this is the second time we've seen Hamilton blow a lead late. This one's even worse because it was against the Elks, who hadn't won a game yet. I mean, I honestly thought at the game time that it was 19-9 to 9 at one point for, for Hamilton. I figured, oh, the game's over. Uh, the Elks uh, weren't coming back. And uh, they did. And, I'm, I'm, and, you know, Trey Ford, he won the game, but he wasn't overly impressive. He only had about 160 yards passing, although he was pretty good running the ball. But uh, that's really not the quarterback's job. But he got them. I mean, let's face it. Uh, the Elks won this game, I think, because of the, their defensive play, creating turnovers late in the game and stuff like that. But this is one that the Ottawa or the Hamilton Tiger Cats are just going to be kicking themselves after this because this was one that was that was they're wrapped up in a bow and they still uh, couldn't seal the deal at home. This is the second second half lead they've blown at home in about in a matter of three weeks, and this is just a one they're going to kick themselves and probably by the end of the season, they're going to be kicking themselves again. Looking back at some of these games, like the game they had with Edmonton, the game they had with Calgary, and saying, boy, we should have been higher in the standings uh, because we should have won both of those games. But at the same point, like Will said about um, Ottawa, they're only two points out of first place. So while they've lost a lot, uh, they're still... uh, in the thick of things, believe it or not, in the Eastern Conference or Eastern Division. Which is sad. Yes. Okay. We have two teams that are winless in the league. Two teams that are winless in the league, and they're two points out of first place after four weeks. Which is bizarre. Please, please tell change. me that that makes sense to somebody. It's probably going to change. It, it can't. If it goes, maybe. keeps on going like this, it's pathetic. I know I know what you mean, maybe. Yeah, I know what you mean. Well, yeah, we're, we'll, we'll talk about that. We're going to come back to it. We're going to, do, we're going to talk about this imbalance in the league. I want to do it after the games, though, uh, and after we talk about Montreal. And I think that Montreal, we could probably talk about it during that segment there. Uh, so, William, what was your thoughts on this game? Well, just imagine this scenario, guys. You fly from Hamilton today to Calgary to come and visit one of your main customers in Canada, and he happens to be a Calgary Stampeder fan, Stampeder fan. And, a big C- and a big CFL fan, and you have been a lifelong Hamilton Ticat fan. And you got to sit oh, across this, from this, this guy. This guy bought you dinner. You got it and lunch, and you got to sit across from this guy as his mouth is flapping nonstop for seven hours straight. Oh. Okay, could you imagine that? 
imagine Poor that. Poor guy. <laughs> I had a great, I had a you great were, time. Okay? You were having fun with him, weren't you? I did, so. You're an evil man. But it was fun. You're an evil man, okay. but I, I do love you. Okay? I do. It was fun. Uh, it, was fun. it was fun. It was fun. Anyways, you know what? Um, I think there's something wrong in Hamilton. I really do. Um, uh, yeah. I, I think... I think one of the things in this game, I think Dane Evans was trying too hard, if you can if you understand what I'm saying. He was trying I too hard. I do understand what you're was, saying, but he, he didn't have He was lot. taking the ball and running with it, okay? and Which is uh, rare for even, him. Well, yeah, and there was design plays where he was running with it, and I think he was trying too hard. And, of course – Design play, he tried to run with it at the end of the game, and he fumbled the ball, and they picked it up, and they scored a touchdown, and they won the game. So I can understand why he felt bad. Um, Hamilton's not a good football team, but neither is Ottawa, neither is Montreal, and neither is the other team. I can't remember them right now. Toronto. Um, Toronto. Toronto. Okay. They're not good football teams, so the East is up for grabs. It's still up for grabs. Oh, 100%. And, if, and, and, and if it will one be team, four weeks. If one team gets their shit together, they're going to be in the Grey Cup. Well, so they're coming up to some interdivisional matchups now. The beginning of the season yep. always is this cross-division thing. And it, it always looks pathetic to the Eastern Division, right? Because they have. They've been, they are a, a 1 and 11 against Western Division teams. You know, that, that's just, yep. oh my God, seriously? And uh, let's see, week five, we've got, yeah, there's still East West. And then week six, we got Hamilton and Ottawa play each other. And then week seven, Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto. No, that's it. Wow. It's going to be a while before they start picking up on each other. Yeah. We do Eastern matchups with Montreal, Hamilton, Ottawa, Toronto. Yeah, I don't know. I can't. Yeah. It's not looking good for the Eastern Division this year, I'll tell you that. Not not until not well after Labor Day. Okay, so final score on this game. As Will said, the uh, Dane Evans fumbled the football. It was picked up by Edmonton for a. Uh, a, 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 a it's not a pick six. What do you call that? But he got fumble touchdown. A fumble. Six. Fumble for touchdown. Fumble for a touchdown and put Edmonton in the lead for the remainder of the game, and that was it. I think it was it was very close to the end of the game when that happened. So, uh, final score was the Edmonton Elks twenty nine, the Hamilton Tiger Cats twenty five. So there's a four point difference there. Total was fifty four. Charles, you took Hamilton at forty three. You're off by eleven. Got twenty points for that. Uh, Will, you took Edmonton, which really shocked me. So you got hundred and twenty points. CJ took Edmonton and got hundred and eighteen. Oh, yeah, Rudy didn't put any picks in. Fucking zero straight across the board for that boy. Uh, the third game was Montreal into Saskatchewan to play the Rough Riders. 
Now, this game, I honestly believe, honestly believe that Montreal outplayed Saskatchewan for three quarters of this game. <clears throat> what I don't like about this game is the undisciplined play of the Montreal Alouettes and the flag happy officials. Because oh, I think this game. game got this game got gift wrapped for the Riders by the officials. And uh, you know, a lot of people say that on and off, and and I usually just say bullshit. But I cannot believe how terrible this game was officiated. It was absolutely awful. And then I'm told at the end of it that um, that Saskatchewan had more penalties than Montreal. And I'm going, yeah, okay. I'm not buying that one at all. Definitely not in the yards because there was a lot of 15-yarders against Montreal in a very short period of time. Uh, not happy with the results. I think Saskatchewan took more away from this game than what they they should have. I think they took more away from this game than their ability. I don't think they're this good a team. Uh, but they won, and they won handily. Uh, Charles, what's your take? I thought that um, that Montreal was actually playing really well in this game. Until about halftime, and then the bottom just seemed to fall out. Um, I thought they were the better team for the first part of the game, and like you said, they just took too many stupid penalties, a lot of stupid penalties. They were extremely undisciplined, and I think we're seeing the result of that today uh, because I yeah. think that Kari um, uh, Jones kind of paid for it today because, quite frankly, uh, he lost his job, and... Uh, uh, it was an undisciplined performance, so I can't say anything other than that. But um, at the same no, time... When a team is undisciplined, we blame the coach. Not, well, a lot of times it is because they're not prepared to play properly. So, no. Uh, but at the same time, uh, the Riders got a lot of fortunate calls in this game. Uh, they had a lot of short fields in this game. So uh, thanks to some stupid penalties, and they took advantage of it. I don't think Saskatchewan played necessarily spectacular because I don't think I would say that at all but they played well enough to win they did um, uh, because uh, when you factor in the play with the penalties it was just uh, a perfect match for them so they they were able to come away with this one good for them but uh, uh, at Montreal not been as uh, undisciplined as they were they probably wouldn't have won that game I don't think anyways yeah, I think Montreal was was going to take this victory away from them. And, uh, yeah, well, what happened happened, and uh, you just know that it's going to do what it's going to do. Uh, mm-hmm. William, we're going to talk to you next. Will, take your, your thing off mute. Thank you. Okay, I have. Um, like you guys said, I think Montreal dominated, and then they imploded. My question is, why did they implode? That's my question. And does that have something to do with Kahari Jones getting fired? Okay. What has everything to do with Kahari Jones being fired? The best player on Montreal's team got cut on Monday. 
okay, the middle linebacker. He got cut on Monday because apparently he had an altercation with one of the coaches and one of the players, and they won't say which coach and which player about trying to make things better. And what did they do? They cut him. So that's a that's a to me that's a that's a Danny Machocha move every single time. And I wonder if that has something to do with it. What happened today? And so. How unruly and how undisciplined is this player they cut? Well, guess who signed him today? Edmonton. Calgary. Edmonton. Edmonton. Oh, Chris Jones Edmonton. signed him. He likes to collect good American players. It? This guy's a good American player. What was that? Who who was who is it? Who are we talking about? What's his name, Charles? I can't remember. Oh, jeez, I'm drawing a blank myself. <laughs> oh, my God, I know exactly uh, what you're talking about, and I can't remember his name. Yeah, I know. It'll come to me. Uh, what is his name? Watson. What's his last first name? Last name's Watson. Is it, is it Trey Watson? Trey Watson, yes, sir. Excuse me, yeah, Trey Watson. Watson. So now they got a Trey Ford and a Trey Watson on on Edmonton. Yeah, yeah. So and and he's and he played well for Montreal and they cut him. So so and then they went out and they signed you know, Micah Awe. Montreal did. Oh wow! Well, well, I didn't realize this. I didn't realize this. They uh, also cut, or they also got rid of Baron Miles. Baron Miles, and added, yeah. And added Noel Thorpe as the DC. That's correct. Yeah. Noel, Th- uh, Nor- Noel Thorpe was a free agent because he got fired yeah. in Edmonton when Chris Jones went over there, right? So he did not have right. a team. He was kind of sitting at home. And uh, so yeah, they hired him today to be the defensive coordinator and the defensive back coach, DB coach. And, With all due respect uh, and, and to Baron Miles, that's an upgrade. Yeah. I I don't think there was anything the matter with Baron Miles. I don't think he was doing a bad job there. I'm not going to argue with you. I think Noel Thorpe's one of the best defensive minds in the league. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it may have been an upgrade, but I don't think Baron Miles deserved to be fired. Baron Miles wasn't the problem, that's for sure. Baron Miles was not the problem. No. But no, I think Baron Miles was Baron Miles was close to Kari Jones and that's why he got he got eliminated. Oh yeah. Agreed, hundred percent. He was not Danny Machocha's man, that's for sure. And maybe and maybe that is the coach that 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 was fighting with the player, okay? The middle linebacker that got cut. But the nice thing about it, because all these things, Mika Ah found a home today, right? Yep. Mika Ah found a home, who I like. I personally was very disappointed when BC got him. I was too. Yeah. But they fired him because of the ratio. If it wasn't for the ratio, he would have stayed. Beside the point. Moving on, but yeah, I, 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 I know, know. Thorpe belongs in the CFL. I'm glad that he has a home now. 
Yeah. I agree. I agree. And I think this is the beginning. This is the beginning of more and more and more changes in Montreal. I guarantee you. Yeah, I think you're right. Danny Machocha is not a coach any more than Jim Pop was. We're looking Danny at Machocha, all right now. Danny Machocha is an ego of monstrous proportions. Okay. Yes. Yes. Don't like no, the guy. Think he's a great he thinks he's a great coach because he got lucky one year with Edmonton, who had a really good team, and they won a great cup. But I think they really ended up team, winning in spite really of him. Team that Tom, a really good team that Tom Higgins built. Exactly. Yes. Yes. So. Agreed. Okay, so um, let's finish off this game. So this was a Montreal into Saskatchewan with a final score of Rough Riders 41, Montreal 20. They doubled them up. 60 point, 61 point total. Charles, you took Saskatchewan. You got 100 points plus 20. Will, you took Montreal. You got zero plus six. CJ took uh, Saskatchewan at 42. I got 104. Rudy didn't score. Ah, uh, the fourth game. Now, this was an act of in complete fucking stupidity, in my opinion, where we had a game on Monday. Why? I don't know. Was that, uh, a, I, I don't I know. Fourth of, was that a, to attract the 4th of July audience in the States? It's the 4th of July for the U.S., which is not a holiday in Canada. Nobody got to go to this game because they were working. Um, There's two speculations of what happened here. First off, TFC had a home game at BMO Field Saturday night. So they, they could have done a Friday night game or a Thursday night game and swapped the field over. But TFC doesn't like to follow the Argos. They want to go first. So the Argos have to come in, and I think it takes a day, day and a half to switch the field from soccer to football. So the earliest that they could have done that would have been Monday. So don't put the game in Toronto on on a game on a weekend that the TFC are there. That's pretty simple scheduling. That's kind of my rule. Uh, and maybe other, you'll get more than nine thousand fans. Yeah, maybe. Um, so that was one thing. TFC had a game on Saturday, so the BMO field wasn't available. That seems to be the most logical reason to me, okay, plain and simple. The second idea that people are coming up with was because it was 4th of July, they wanted to showboat, showcase the uh, CFL to Americans on their day off. And I absolutely like this idea. I think if if that was the reason why they did it, good on them, because they were thinking outside of the box and trying to do something intelligent to promote the sport outside of Canada. The downside to that is ESPN didn't broadcast the game. It was only streamable. Oops. Oops. 
So then that makes sense. Not. Not so, really. I, yeah, I, I can't. I can't believe that that was the reason. It has to be because of TFC. I, I, you know what? I would shut up and not say another fucking word if they had broadcast that game on ESPN. I would have said, cool. Good on you. But because it wasn't, it was only streamed, I'm going, okay, that doesn't make a whole shitload of sense to me. So... Unfortunate. And uh, Winnipeg into Toronto to play the Argonauts. A four and zero going up against a one and two team. We would have expected a slaughter. We would have expected a slaughter, especially the way with the McLeod Bethel Thompson has been playing. And the Argos are not really well organized on their execution. It didn't happen. There wasn't a slaughter. Winnipeg came out victorious, but they were very, very fortunate to do so. And it wasn't because of amazing play by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I I don't I don't know what else to say about this. Let you go first on this one, William. Did you say William? Okay. Uh, yeah. You know what? I I think the reason they had it on Monday was so that Canadian fans could watch it because uh, Canadian fans wanted to. Wanted a clinic in how to kick the football. Okay? I have one thing to say about this game. One thing only. Ban ban fucking kickers for life. Okay? Never let another one walk on the fucking field as long as you live. And go for it on every third down. And you'll be a happier group of people. How you go through a football game back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, and you can win the game if you convert the fucking touchdown, and you can't even convert the touchdown. There are kickers in the Hall of Fame in the CFL. They should be banned, too. Okay? I think it's just ridiculous. They wouldn't have won. They would have tied it, and it would have gone to overtime. Tied it. Whatever. Okay? Um... Andrew Harris didn't play bad in this game, I thought, for his game against Winnipeg. Over 100 yards. Right, Winnipeg played okay. Um, I I don't – I really think, just from watching Winnipeg, and and I guess we're going to find out soon enough that I think Calgary and B.C., are going to be on top of the food chain in the West this year. Well, because well, before this season yes. started, I predicted Calgary to win the Grey Cup. So, okay, because I said that I could think, be best for West. Yeah, but I think I think BC and Winnipeg or BC and Calgary is going to beat Winnipeg, and we're going to see that pretty quick. Because Start, BC plays starting Saturday, BC, 
BC plays Saturday. They play BC, Winnipeg. And then uh, uh, the next week, uh, um, or sorry, then the next week, Calgary plays Winnipeg, I do believe. No, no, they play Ottawa. Yeah, they they do. No, no, they do. No, they they play Winnipeg to BC, and then they go back to Winnipeg to play Calgary. And then Winnipeg goes to Edmonton. And then Winnipeg goes back to Calgary. That is correct. So we're going to see pretty quick how good BC is, how good Winnipeg is, and how good Calgary is. Yeah, but BC doesn't play Calgary anytime soon. No, but whatever. They do pretty quick, I think, within four or five weeks. Yeah, within four or five weeks, I believe. Week 10. Yeah, so five weeks away. Mid-August. Right. But I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure by the time that happens, there's only going to be a two-horse race in the West. And that's going to be Winnipeg and... uh, Or that's going to be Calgary and BC. I'm not going to be disappointed. No, I'm fine with that. Yeah. And I would even be fine with it, it... well, I predicted Calgary, so I would be fine with it being Calgary. For the most part, Calgary Stampeder fans aren't arrogant assholes, so. Well, they are sometimes, but. For the most part. just me, though. There's exceptions to the rule. Yeah, just, yeah, I know. McDonald guy. Yeah. So, Is it McDonald? What's your take on this game? You're, you're talking about uh, the, the kickers, right? That's what you have to say about this game? Well, yeah, it was. Fan kickers. I didn't think it was an exciting game, to be honest with you. I, I, I don't know what to say about it. I, Winnipeg didn't look great. Zach Kolaris always looks great, to be honest with you. I think if Winnipeg didn't have Zach Kolaris, they'd be horrible. Oh yeah. But once 100%. again, once again, there was a couple of plays in that game where Zach Kolaris is running around, man, and it scares the hell out of me every time he runs because I'm scared someone's going to pop him. So, you know, but, you know, like, it is what it is. It was, it could have been a tie game, and they could have went to overtime. But once again, Winnipeg won. So, and they're still, according to Winnipeg fans, I think they're the greatest franchise in CFL history now, aren't they? Must be. Yes. You would think so. so. Most dominant. Yeah. Yeah. And they're a dynasty. Okay. In in all honesty, in all honesty, they have lost one game in two years. Yep. One meaningful game. One meaningful game. I don't consider junk games. So... Hard, hard to really fault them on that. I mean, I remember a certain individual just stout, stouting off about how wonderful Bo Levi Mitchell was and how how many wins he got to start his career from the beginning of his career on. All he did was win and 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 win. And, win. and he still does. And win. It's not, it's not untrue, but the fact is no. that, you know, it's all got to be taken in perspective. It was a fucking awesome team when he started. Anyhow, beside the point. Okay, let uh, Charles, you go on this game. 
I honestly thought that the um, the Bombers were not very good in this game, honestly. They started out pretty well, and then they just stopped playing. And they let the Argos get back in this game. They were looking like they were walking away with it. And then their offense fizzled out. They were making mistakes. And even their defense wasn't shutting down the Argos like they typically do. And let's face it, uh, without that missed field goal, the Bombers very easy to lose this game. If you look at all of the games the Bombers have played to this point, with the exception of the game they played against Hamilton because they won that one pretty pretty soundly, but the two against Ottawa and then this one this past week uh, against Toronto, they could have lost all three of those games. None of those games were a foregone conclusion until very, very late in the game. And in the case of the, of the last game against Toronto, uh, the convert was like 22 seconds left or was 16 seconds left or whatever it was. So while the Bombers are 4-0, it's one of the least 4-0 records, at least impressive uh, 4-0 records I think I've seen. Um, so... Uh, we're going to see this weekend. This should be a real interesting one this weekend. Uh, we'll see how good the Bombers really are. But again, even going into this weekend, it's kind of uh, a bit of a, a lull because uh, of this stupid schedule where the Bombers played on Monday and they're playing on this short week, which I don't like. So <laughs> it's just too, it's too stupid. Out. I yeah. have no sympathy for them. I, I don't care. I really don't care. If that's an advantage to BC, so be it. Um, the one thing about – what's the difference between a good team and a great team? And, I, I, you know, that's a, that's a loaded question, so I'm going to help you out here a little bit. It's it, Historically, in the last couple of years, Winnipeg has been absolute shutdown in the fourth quarter. You just don't score points on them. Okay? Mm-hmm. Winnipeg was outscored 19-6 to in the second half with 12 of those points coming in the fourth quarter. That is not a typical Winnipeg Blue Bomber team that we have seen the last couple of years. It's not. And if it, they were outscored 20-6, to we might be talking about a victory in the other direction. It would have gone to overtime if they had got one more point from a missed convert. How the fuck do you miss a convert? How the fuck do you miss a convert? Especially at that point of the game. 32 yards. The ball's on the 32-yard line. If you be able can't to close your eyes and do that. From the center, of the center of the hash marks into the end zone, from 32 yards, you cannot call yourself a professional kicker. And as Will says, you can't even call yourself a football player. And I don't disagree with him here. That was disgusting. Nah. Now, Will, th- Will would Winnipeg say that a quarter... Go ahead. I just can say, Will would say that uh, a uh, kicker that made every single one of his field goals and comments co- converts... He'd still say that kicker wasn't an athlete. Well, yeah, yeah. they're not. They're a kicker. Exactly. They're a kicker. kicker. They're a kicker. Okay, what's his name? What's his name who was on our show? Paul McCallum. Yeah. Why was he such a, why was he such a great kicker? 
Name me the one reason he was such a great kicker. He was accurate. He put the ball through the uprights better percentage than anybody else did. He had a he he had a he had a huge leg for kicking. Okay. Do you call that an athlete? Come on. Mind you, I guess if you if you go back, Dirk Diggler was a good porn star because he had a big dick. So, kind of the same thing, isn't it? Yeah. Is he but an athlete? Don't pick on Paul too much. Don't pick on Paul too much because I want to ask him back on the show. Okay. Oh please, give me a break. Anyways, Paul, the Hall of Fame kicker, please do ask him back on the show. And when we're done, Sparky won't think I'm so starstruck, okay? Anyways, go ahead. Okay, so final score was the Winnipeg Blue Bombers 23, the Toronto Argonauts 22. Missed by a point, which was a missed convert, okay? 45-point total. Uh, Charles, you took Winnipeg at 38. You're off by seven. You got 128. Will, you took them at 47. You're off by two. You got 138. CJ took Winnipeg at 42, off by three. Got 136. Rudy got no fucking points because he didn't put in his scores. His own fault. The boy will learn. It's going to be hard to catch up now, buddy. He wasn't doing very well anyhow. Okay, so the, this week ended up with CJ at 458, uh, Charles at 320, th- sorry, 372, Will at 364. Uh, so far in the year, CJ's up at 166.6. Charles is in second place at 1554, uh, and Will's in third at 1203. Rudy is sucking the hind tit at 9.04. Okay, so those are the scores. That's what happened. That's what happened last week in the CFL. So it's hard for Rudy to get any points when he doesn't put any picks in. Yeah, well. I know, but that's not our fault. He's a full I'm not saying it is. Yeah. So, unfortunately, guys, sad as it is, there's only three football games this week. And I'm not really sure Which is why. stupid. Okay. So we've got one game on Thursday. And then we still have a game on Thursday. Like, why do we need a game on Thursday if there's only three fucking games? Then there's one game on Friday and one game on Saturday. First game up is the Calgary Stampeders, and they are traveling north to Edmonton to play the Elks. Charles, you're up on this one. What are you going to do? Rudy has not put any picks in. He's going to end up with a zero again. Mm -hmm. Good possibility. He's got another hour. We'll see if he's listening. Yep. All right, so it's the Battle of Alberta for the second time this week, this year. Uh, the first time went to Calgary in Calgary, and I think the second time is going to go to Calgary too. Uh, that Edmonton game didn't fool me. Uh, they got lucky that Hamilton kind of imploded in the sec- second half, and uh, uh, Trey Ford, with all due respect, I still don't think he's ready for prime time yet. Uh, and uh, 
if he ever will be. Uh, Calgary's playing well. They're undefeated. I'm expecting them to stay undefeated. They're just simply a better team than Edmonton is. Uh, so I'm going to take Calgary to win this. Uh, and I'm going to go Calgary, 47 points. Calgary, 47. Oh, before we do this, sorry, I didn't – I meant to do this for you too, Charles, but uh, you can change it if you want. I don't think you will. Um, uh, what's his nuts? Uh, Sparky, he posted the Bodog thing here. Where was that? Uh, before you guys were talking about shoes? Yes. Bodog week five has Calgary at minus 3.5 with an over under of 57. Hmm. So that's kind of what you did here. You did, you went under at 47. You did take Calgary. I don't care about yep. the three and a half. We're not giving points. So Calgary, Calgary, even up takes it. I'm good with that. Uh, William, what are you going to take here, brother? You picked Edmonton the other day. Are you going to do it again? Unmute your mic. I said I don't think so. Um, uh, Calgary, Calgary 52. Calgary 52. Okay. And uh, CJ is going to take Calgary, and I'm going to stick with my 42s. They're they're doing well for me. So Calgary at 42. Although that was a pretty high score, they with Bodog going at 57. So I'm off a of Bodog by 15 points, and that's definitely an, indir- an, an under on that one. Uh, okay, the next game has Bodog has Cal- uh, Saskatchewan minus six oh, with the over-under at 45. Uh, this is Ottawa into Regina. This is the Red Blacks playing in Riderland. Charles, who are you taking on this one? You know what? I'm going to play a hunch on this one because Ottawa has played well uh, even though they've lost. I just think that the law of averages say they're going to get a win, and I kind of think it's going to be this week. I think this is the week they break through. I'm not all that impressed with Saskatchewan. Uh, They've been okay, but they haven't been spectacular. I think Ottawa sneaks into Saskatchewan and comes out with a win. Uh, I may be wishful thinking, but I'm going to do it anyway. So I'm going to take uh, Ottawa in this game, and I will say 49 points. William. Yeah, fuck. Charles just screwed me up because I was going to – I was hoping he'd pick Saskatchewan because I can't pick Saskatchewan. Um, (laughs) Ottawa, 36. 36? Yeah. I'm I'm not going to. I, last two weeks I've picked Saskatchewan. They went one and one for me. I honestly, I I, I, I had to go take a shower after I picked, made those picks. And I felt so dirty. Um, I'm not doing that again. I, I honestly, I believe with Charles, I think Ottawa is due for a victory. Uh, they need one. And I think they're going to do it this time, and I'm taking Ottawa at 42. I'm going to split the middle on YouTube. Okay. The last game of the week, the third game, Saturday night, is going to be the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on a short week going into the Dome to play the Lions. 
Bodog has to say this. BC minus three and a half with an over under of 48. So, you know, we're talking about a, a, a 20 to 24 score here. Or a little better than that, 20, 22 to 26. Charles, what do you got? Lofty. Yeah, you think? Uh, and it's yeah, not a homer pick. I legitimately think that the Lions are going to win this game. Uh, this Bomber team, they're 4-0, but they're not the same Bomber team they've been. Uh, they've been lucky. They've, um, maybe not – well, they were definitely lucky on Monday. But uh, they were kind of fortunate to beat Ottawa both times, too. And uh, they're good, but they haven't been staggeringly good. And I just think BC right now continuing to fire in all cylinders. BC's a better team at home than they are on the road. I really think BC pulls this one out. So I'm picking BC to win, and I'm going to say I think we're going to see a lot of offense. I'm going to say 55 points. 55 points. Okay. Really? William, this is a tough one for you, eh? Are you going to try to catch up and pick uh, Winnipeg? Yeah, no, it is. It is a tough one for. It is a tough one for exactly that reason. Um. But you could just fall further behind. Yeah, which doesn't bother me either. Um. So, don't forget, I was behind for most Ray's of the year. I was, I was behind for most of the year last year, and I still won it all. So, just so you know, um, it's true. Um, you know what? I'm going to go on the pretense that Winnipeg looks past Toronto to BC, and that's why they didn't play that well. And so, I'm going to say forty. 40, 44, Winnipeg. Okay. And I don't even have to say what I'm going to do, but I will for Sparky's benefit. I'm taking the Lions at 42 points. I, You know what? I don't disagree with you that I think Winnipeg was looking past Toronto and they got caught with their pants down on that. I still don't think they're that good a team. Uh and I'm really surprised at how well BC's played, even with the adversity that they had. Most Bomber fans are picking BC to win this one. Most of them are really yep. concerned about this game. And you know here's, what? Here's, I was talk, talking to Rudy Leo. Okay, I was talking to Rudy. And, you know, everybody's talking about, oh, this is going to define the season. This is going to tell you how the Lions are going to do for the rest of the year. This is going to tell you how the Bombers are going to do for the rest no. of the year. No. The, Bullshit. The only thing that is on the line in this game is two points. Is first place. Two points. Yep. The, I don't care about first place. It's two points towards the end of the yep. year. Okay? That's the only uh. thing that matters out of this is the W. Okay? It's not going to yep. say that, oh, well, the BC is a way better team, or it's not going to say that Winnipeg is a better team. It's not going to say anything. All it is is these are two undefeated teams going head-to-head, and somebody has to lose, and somebody has to win, and it's only two points. If this game was in November, it would be a whole different ballgame. But it's not. You know what? I think, I, think, uh, I think 
I think Zach Claris is the best quarterback in this in this game. Okay, but in the league, I don't think. Well, I don't think. I don't think Winnipeg's defense is what it used to be for some reason, and I think BC would be wise to run the ball because they Andrew Harris got a hundred yards. Okay, running the ball. Yes, he did. And yeah. and you guys have a good running back. I can't remember his name right now, but you have a good running back. James and, Butler. Uh, James Butler. Thank you. Thank you. And it doesn't matter if you're Nathan Rourke or if you're Zach Calaris or if you're Bo Levi Mitchell or if you're Cody Fajardo, the run sets up the pass. Run the ball and throw the ball when you need to. That simple. Run, and whoever does that is going to win the game. Yep, absolutely. It's a, it's a simple fucking game. Run the ball. Yep, yep. I, you can I, try I, and re it, it all, all you honesty, want. I was, watching, I was watching James Butler in the last game, and his first down run, which they did quite often, was usually only one or two yards. He really didn't get a high percentage uh, on his first down production. I wasn't really overly impressed with the BC run game in this last game against uh, who the fuck did we play again? Ottawa. Oh. Somebody. I Ottawa. thought I thought it got oh, yeah. better as it went, as the game went along. Yes, it did. But at the beginning, Ottawa was stuffing them. They were, yeah. So, but they made some adjustments. Just, just because it. Just because the run game doesn't work doesn't mean you abandon it. And no, I agree. And I'm happy with that. Too many teams do that, too. Yeah. Oh, the run game's not working. Let's just pass the ball. Yeah. No. I don't like no. that. Run the ball. Run the ball. Run the ball. And run the ball. Maybe you can pass the ball, but run it first. Okay. So that's the, those are the games. And... Uh, good on you so sparky should have that that all information all set up for him and where did my agenda go oh it's upside down over here it's on the driver's seat i'm in the passenger seat because the steering wheel is not in my way i think it's much better and i gotta have the truck running because then i've got my bluetooth stereo running here in the truck and i'm i'm just talking like i normally do when i'm driving down the road and it seems to be working you keep telling me that my my sound quality is greatly improved I guess the stereo system in the Ford F-350 is better than that high-powered podcasting mic that I bought. I think I might put it up for sale. Okay. So, segment five, we've alluded to on several occasions throughout this show. Had the Montreal Alouettes have made some significant moves on Wednesday, relieving head coach Kahari Jones of his duties, and Alouette's general manager, Danny Machocha, will step in as the team's head coach until the end of the season, and then they'll decide what they're going to do. And he wants to be head coach, so that I doubt anything's going to happen there. We'll see. Um, and they also relieve the duties of Baron Miles, the defensive coordinator slash defense, uh, de- defensive backs coach, and they have hired Noel Thorpe one of the best defensive minds in the league. Why he hasn't had the opportunity to be a head coach yet, I don't know. But I don't necessarily like defensive coordinators becoming head coaches 
I just don't. It's a personal thing. I don't think defensive-minded head coaches is a good thing. I want somebody who's aggressive and goes out there and for the victory. Not per, not plan, prevent, D. Okay, uh, so this is a big thing that, that happened. Kahari is gone. Good question. Where's Kahari Jones going to go? I would wager that within three weeks, and I, I, I'm not going to wager a lot, maybe a quarter or, or 50 cents or something, that Kahari Jones will be the head coach of the Toronto Argonauts. Hmm. But that's just my belief. I, I kind of see that one coming. I think Ryan Dinwiddie's going to get sent to the thing, and Pinball Clemens is going to pick up Kahari Jones. That's just a, that, that's a criticism. I could see it. Okay. So, uh, Kahari or Danny Machocha is not a head coach, although he thinks he is. And uh, so now he is going to take the Montreal Alouettes, and this team is going to struggle for the rest of the season. And I'm very saddened by that because I think Montreal was probably the strongest team in the Eastern Division, and I don't think they are today. I think this made this team weaker today. Not that they were doing a wonderful job, but I think they were the better team in the Eastern Division. Personal opinion. William, what's your thoughts on your Montreal Alouettes? I know you're you're a big Alouette fan. Well, okay, so the Alouettes organization is going to take a a turn for the worse because Mr. Eagle is in charge of everything now. So before you know it, he'll have all... Montreal Carabiners or whatever the hell they're called playing for the Alouettes. And he'll have a few Canadians mixed in and about. And they're not going to be a very good football team. Danny Machocha is not a good football coach, in my opinion. Um, I think he won in the time he's been. I think he was with the University of Montreal for nine years, and he won one Vanier Cup. Okay? Um... Kahari Jones, I I agree with Christopher Jones. I I do believe he's going to end up in Toronto replacing Ryan Dinwiddie when they when Pinball gets enough balls to fire him because that team is you saw the whole mess of players on the weekend on the sidelines. There's something going on there, and I think we're going to uh, get to that Ryan, later. Yeah. Anyways, so I think not only Will Kahari Jones be the head coach in Toronto? But I think you could see the Vaj going to Toronto as well because they need a fucking quarterback. Just saying. So. Yeah, but you you got the Vaj in Saskatchewan a little earlier on. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but you brought up uh, you brought up uh, Arbuckle, and I didn't think about that. Okay. Cause obviously, yeah, but I, I think the Vag is going to go to Edmonton. I think somebody has to go to Edmonton. Yeah, I don't but, no, no, but no, 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 no. Obviously, if Chris Jones thinks that Trey Ford is better than Arbuckle, um, then I guess he would be stupid enough to uh, get rid of Arbuckle and leave Trey Ford as the starter. Okay, so hang on here for a second. Just for a second. Yeah. Okay, hang on. Hang on. I want to talk about I'm Chris hanging. Jones I'm here hanging. for a minute. 
Okay. Chris Jones at this point in time is throwing games away. His goal is not to win. His goal right now is to evaluate as many players under fire as he possibly can to find out who he has to replace. This is his yeah. L. This is what he did in Saskatchewan. This is what he did wherever he goes. This is what he did in Edmonton prior to this. Actually, he wasn't the GM. He was only the head coach. But he went through a plethora of people in Edmonton and ten times that in Saskatchewan. He's going to do the same thing in Edmonton now because that's what he does. Okay? I think he put Trey, Smith, uh, Trey Ford in there right now to find out whether or not he's going to keep him. Not whether or not he's going to be the starter. I don't think he has a massive amount of confidence in him. He just wanted to see how he played. Now, he played remarkably well for the first start that he's ever been in. Okay? So, there's some confidence there, but I don't think Chris Jones is stupid enough to make him the starter. Although, I could be wrong. But... You're Chris wrong. Jones is going through players. He's I going he through might. players right now. You think he's going to – he may keep him as a starter until he gets another quarterback. Well, that's certainly possible, but or maybe pretty much, I mean, he's starter. better than – Maybe he keeps him, keeps him as a starter till he loses. Well, yeah, and that's going to be this weekend when they play Calgary. Well, let's not forget that uh, Chris Jones, when he was in Saskatchewan, had that house full of players, and he ended up getting fined yeah. for it uh, because he had like he had like forty extra players living in a house in Saskatchewan. So he he is not uh, yeah, but he is not above bringing in a bunch of players and just trying different things. He's done it lots of times before. Hey, the one thing. But what did they say? That there's only been one DB or two DBs that played in the same position all season. There was one. Like 20 DBs. Is it one? Yep. One DB has played one position in every game for Edmonton. Everybody else has been. It's been a revolving door for defensive backs. So you know, I this is what he does. He's not trying to win right now. He's trying to build a team. And come Labor Day, I think the Edmonton Elks are going to be a little bit on the scary side of things. And that's why I say Saskatchewan's in the basement of the Western Division. At the end of this year, Saskatchewan is out in the cold. They're going to miss the playoffs. Edmonton might make the the crossover. But coming back to Montreal, Charles, your turn now, buddy. Well, I mean, I personally think it's a little bit early to start making wholesale changes. I mean, I think these changes were decided on probably even before the season started. But I I think they're looking for a scapegoat and so on. I don't think that Harry Jones really wanted to play uh, Trevor Harris. I think he did that reluctantly. I think that Vernon Adams is his guy. And I think there was probably a clash there between both uh, Danny Machocha and Kari Jones. And when you're the coach going up against the general manager nine times out of ten, the general manager is going to uh, win because the general manager has the ability to fire the coach. And that's what we saw today in Montreal. And the, the, 
the coach loses a power struggle. That's pretty normal. So it's not a huge surprise. I think uh, the first thing I thought about when I heard about it, I'm like, this is exactly what Will said was going to happen. And I honestly think that Danny Machocho wanted any sort of uh, excuse he could to pull the trigger and get rid of Kari Jones. And uh, a one and three starts, I guess, suited him the best. And they got rid of him. So I'm not totally surprised, although I, I personally think it's a little early to do this. But I'm not surprised it was done. Okay. Let, let, Montreal is one and three at this point in time, which is not amazingly awful. They're in first place in the Eastern Division. It's not good by any stretch, don't get me wrong. Um, and everybody is too close to you. But please tell me that Paul LaPolice in Ottawa is not on a hot seat at being 0 and 4, and Ryan Dinwiddie in Toronto at being 1 and 3. Or 1 and I think both of them are. So you say it's too early to make. Uh, wholesale changes, and I'm uh, saying no. I'm, I think that it's going to happen, and, and you're going to see at least two two more heads are going to fly in the next two weeks. And you may be right, and it made sense if Montreal was going to do this, it made sense to do it this week because they're on a bye. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, boom. That's that, I guess. I'm just sending Kahari Jones an email right now, so he's a friend of mine. Tell him to come on. We can talk about it. No, I think Kahari Jones is too classy of a player to... to to, 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 no, to, he, he's not going to dump on anybody. No, he won't do that. No, even if he, he wanted to. That. No, he won't do that. That's too bad. But I wonder, I wonder overall how this is going to affect Montreal because he is a players' coach and he's very popular in Montreal with the players, anyways. So, but like I said before. It was only a matter of time. And that's too bad. And I, I still I still think, uh, you know, talking about Paul LaPolice getting fired, I still think Ottawa is trying to go the way of Winnipeg and giving him a chance. And I still think he can have another losing season, and they'll still keep him on. So, because let's face it, last year was not a good, was not a good uh, judgment of his talent because he had a horrible team. I oh, agreed, and and you know what? And I, I hate to say this, but it's honestly true. I believe Ottawa just became the the, the number one team in the East, or the strongest team in the East. I would agree. Yeah, I think you may be right. Even without a win, I mean, yet. certainly not Hamilton. No, they don't have a win yet. But then, you know, neither does Hamilton. Hamilton doesn't look anything like Ottawa. And uh, Toronto is is in turmoil. Yep. Okay. 
Moving on. Uh, so anyhow, I sent Kahari Jones a, a text, and it says, I'm sorry to hear you're out of Montreal. It was never going to happen with that egomaniac. Uh, my prediction is you'll be head coach in Toronto very soon. Good luck to you, my friend. Take care. There. So be it. Straight into the point. I'm done with Montreal. Let's move on. Um, and let's jump right into the Argos because I'm going to skip uh, segment six. We'll come back to it. Uh, Argos' Ryan Dinwiddie calls out Brandon Banks for his sidelined outburst. Now, I didn't see this happen. Was this on TSN? Did, did you guys see it? Did I miss yeah, it? Yeah, sort of. I did. Sort of. I don't think it happened live, but they had a video of it. Okay. I, I, I honestly I didn't see it, so I wasn't paying attention that that closely. Obviously, um, but I'm told that this was started by the O line. This wasn't Brandon Banks beaking off like he normally does. He he, the O line was was ripping McLeod Bethel Thompson, and Banks stepped in and defended him. Is this is the story I heard, and. Uh, and, and shit hit the fan on the sidelines, and I saw the picture of pinball, pinball. How many how many pictures have you ever seen of pinball where he's not smiling? Never. <laughs> Never. <laughs> he's always got that Cheshire Cat smile, right? And, oh, was he looking concerned. And then he marched his ass down to the sidelines and read the riot act. And, yeah. I, I'm sorry, but that that doesn't happen. That that's not Pinball Clemens. So if that actually did happen, which I we saw it, um, he's something's going to change there. What, what do you do? You bench Brandon Banks, and Dinwiddie called out Banks when it was the O line. Is this putting Dinwiddie in 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 hot water? I mean. Clemens went and got Banks. He respects his ability to play football, and now your head coach is publicly trashing him? Yeah. I, yeah a... I, this is not a good situation for Dinwiddie. Not a good situation for the Argos. You know, Pinball. other coaches... Go ahead, Will. Other coaches have been fired and they've done a lot better job than Ryan Dinwiddie. And I don't know why he hasn't been fired yet already, because that team is going nowhere fast, and I think where that team is struggling the most is on offense. And he's supposed to be this offensive guru. They gave him Andrew Harris, okay? He's got he's got very competent receivers, Okay, like he doesn't have a quarterback. He does not have a quarterback. No, he does not have a quarterback. But I, I just, I, I just don't think he's ever done a good job since being a head coach. I think you know what? There's some guys that are good head coaches, and there's some guys that are that are good coordinators. And I think Ryan Dinwiddie is a coordinator at best. Well, he's never had the opportunity to be a coordinator. Well, he did, sort of. No, he wasn't. 
he was the he was the quarterback coach with Calgary, and they yep. they hired him directly as head coach in Toronto. Yeah, he was never, but yeah, he was never a I coordinator. He had a lot. He had a lot to do with the offense too. A lot to do with the offense. I don't care. He was not a coordinator. Calgary had fine. a coordinator, and it wasn't and it wasn't Dave Dickinson at that time, fine. was it? It was fine. Fine, fine. Say what you'd like, but there's been many a guy who've gone from assistant whatevers to head coaches, and they've done fine. I.e. I.e. Mike O'Shea. Mike O'Shea. He was a special teams coordinator. He was a coordinator. I know that. Yeah, but he was a special teams coordinator. Give me a break. He coached kickers. Right. Okay, so <laughs> and, I, and I, I think you're not going to win this one. Ryan Dinwiddie has been overrated most of his career, and and according yeah. to a number of people, the guy has an ego the size of North America. So, so I'm just saying. And I don't like him. I've never liked him. Even when he was in Calgary, I didn't like him. I thought it was absolutely a stupid pick on Toronto's part to get him as a head coach. But I believe it was a position of desperation because there was nobody else available. And then I'm going, okay, they're not setting this guy up for success with McLeod Bethel-Thompson as this quarterback. This Toronto franchise is fucked. And my opinion has not changed one iota. On any of that, Toronto's screwed. I, I think, honestly, think Hamilton's in better shape right now. I'll tell you, Orlando Steinauer is in a lot in a, on a hot seat right now in Hamilton. Looking at the Tiger Cat forms, man, those fans are chewing his ass. Him and Tommy Condell. Perfect time for Jeff Reinbold to get out of town, wasn't it? No kidding. Oh, he went to he Montreal. He saw the writing on the wall. He went to Montreal. Mm. Yeah, but he went to Montreal, so that wasn't much better. True. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's... Toronto looks screwed. You notice? Uh, you notice? Did... Uh... Do you notice Jeff Reinbold hasn't he hasn't really had a public persona this year either? No, Very he's much playing pretty the low key. At, you don't yeah, really see him on the sidelines or anything. So, well, I but, think that has to do with two things. One is uh, that's not Kahari Jones's style. He's he's way laid back, so maybe he put. Reinbolt back up in the booth or just got him mellowed out over on the sidelines or something else. Uh, I don't think it's because Jeff Reinbold is maturing or anything like that. I think he's still a, a loose cannon. But it, Jeff might have just said, well, you know what, there's, there's shit's going to hit the fan in here, and i got to keep my nose clean because I don't want to yeah. get caught in the middle. He may just say, I don't want to get involved. Yeah, I don't want to get uh, – Kahari, you're a nice guy. You're my friend and everything else. But your your ass is toast, and uh, so this year he's uh, Reinbold is just 
stayed in the wings waiting to see if he could survive the purge. And so far he is. Yeah. He's doing his job and then just uh, uh, staying out of everything, it looks like. But, excuse me, um, it's a good possibility, a very good possibility, that Jeff Reinbolt was a Danny Machocha hire. Yeah, that's possible. Right? So... Because, I mean, Kahari Jones was there before Machocha. Otherwise, he wouldn't be there. Machocha would never have hired him. Yeah, but so yeah, but he, he wasn't was, hiring He anybody. was there prior. And Jeff Reinbold went there in a very uh, peculiar way, I might say, is that he, he literally retired from football from Hamilton and 48 hours later uh, was uh, announced a signing with Montreal. So it was like Hamilton was, oh, take care, be nice, uh, good to see you, thank you for all the time and support you've done in here. Oh, and then the next breath it was, oh, you fucking traitor. So, yeah, I, I think Machocha brought Reinbolt in and uh, – Things are going to change right now. Who knows? Is, is Danny Machocha stupid enough to put Jeff Reinbold in as head coach? Sure, because then no, he can fire him this season and take over again. Danny Machocha will never put anybody in his head in his head coach. That's done. It's not going to happen. That depends a lot on uh, on what's his name Stern. Yeah. The owner has a – this is a hands-on owner, remember, and he might not uh, yeah, but, like yeah, what's he, happening he, and say, you know what, you got to go find guy, a coach. He's the, he's the guy who hired Danny Machocha, so I'm sure they have this discussion. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens there, okay? But, uh, yeah, Argos are going down the toilet just as fast as Montreal is right now, in my opinion. And uh, they're probably dragging Hamilton with them. Ottawa's the best in the East right now. Hard to argue that one. Anybody else got anything to say on the subject of Ryan DeWitty, Brandon Banks? Toronto, nothing? Nope. Okay, we're going to move on. That's just a dysfunctional situation. I, here, here's here's something that I have a problem with, and I want to know what it is and how this happens. And I, I could be wrong because I a I didn't read the article, and two, I so I don't really know what it is. But Charles, you've got the CFLPA unveils new fan code of conduct after yeah. each incident. Chris Jones, Chris Edwards eligible to play following reduced suspension. What the fuck does this have to do with the PA? And who are they to put in a code of conduct with the fans? Or is this something that they're putting in a code of conduct for the players' interaction with the fans? And who the fuck are they to do that? That's a league issue. PA should just shut up and keep their nose out of this 
and defend the players when they do something stupid. That's their job. Their job is not to create rules of conduct for their players. That's the team and the league, not the PA. The PA is to argue with the league when they make stupid rules, not to create their own stupid rules. Am I wrong, William? Nope. You are not wrong. So, did I, did I read this wrong, Charles? Did you type it wrong? Is it really the PA that did this? Did you read the no, article? No, 100% the PA that did this. They even set out a press release and everything. Who the fuck are they to do this? Well, to me, what this seems like is that this goes all the way back to that melee after the Eastern Final last week, last year between Toronto and Hamilton. This is almost seeming like a way for them to blame the fans and kind of let the player off the hook for that for that scuffle that they had. And basically, they're blaming the fans. So it's ridiculous. The Players Association, look after your own freaking member, but you don't have any say in how a fan conducts itself. That's not your job. No. The, the you can't tell people what to do like that. But you have no power. Yeah. I, I think this is fucking hilarious. Ridiculous. What it is. William, anything to add? No. Not really. Okay. Pretty short pretty short-lived discussion topic here, but I just don't understand under what authority the CFLPA believes that they, they can do this. And are, are they implementing a, a code of conduct on fans? Or is this a code of conduct on the players and their interactions with fans? And how does any of this relate to reducing the suspension of Chris Edwards? I really don't have time to read this, so... I don't know why they're doing that, why you're reducing uh, the suspension of a player that actually had a physical altercation with the fan. Yeah, the fan was being belligerent, but when you're a player, you don't put your hands on a fan. You, you, I mean, unless you're just trying to hold them off or whatever, uh, and you get security to deal with them, you don't throw punches at them. So, who reduced the suspension? I thought the league would only be the, the one. The league did. They did. I, I don't know why they did, but they did. Well, that sends a pretty strong message, doesn't it? <sighs> you know, there are people out there who say that this league is second rate, it's hokey, it's a bunch of garbage, and, oh, my God, how do they stay in business? And I defend this league tooth and nail over and over and over again, and I just do not tolerate this kind of talk. And then dumbass shit like this happens proving these guys' position. Because this is just Bush League, absolute Bush League. 
it's hard to defend when they do crap like this. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm going to move on. I guess I should wake up. I'm tired, guys. I don't know why. Sorry. I'm going to flip over here, Brandon Banks, power rankings. Did uh, did Sparky post those power rankings? He did? I don't know if he posted them on the group or not. Okay. You just sent something else from the CFL PA power rankings, right? Well, no, I took it off of our chat. A link off of our chat to the uh, ah, to the sheet okay. that he sent. To reference. Okay, 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 okay. So uh, the CFL announced the top performers for the month of June, the first month. The first, it was a full month, of, uh, the month of the 2022 season. And top of the list was quarterback Nathan Rourke from the BC Lions. He was the CFL top performer. Uh, completed 88 of 105 passes, 83%, 83.8% for 1,077 yards in only three games. Wow. Second in passing yards, four shy of the leader despite playing one fewer game. Leads the league with nine touchdown passes, playing one less game. 180 yards on 15 carries. That's averaging 12 yards per rush and three rushing majors tied for the league league. Two games with 300-plus yards, including 436 versus Toronto, which was a single CFL single-game record for a Canadian quarterback, and CFL top performer in weeks one and three. Pretty hard to argue why he's top performer of the month of June. But then I'm biased, and I'm being a homer, and I think Nathan Rourke is pretty amazing, and I'm pretty happy with him. We'll see what happens after this weekend. Um, and Charles really can't defend me or, or uh, accost me on this one because I think he pretty much has the same position. Will, yep. I'm going to ask you, sir, Step. do you believe Step. that he is the top performer of the month of June? Um, who else is there? I don't know. Um, there isn't anybody. If you think about it, he's okay. played in. Uh, in- he's played in. He's played in three games. Is it three games? Yeah, he's played in three games. Three games. Yeah, three games. And it, two of them and have been. Two good of as them, anybody played in four. Two of them have been blowouts. And one was a close game, but he still scored a lot of points, or they still scored a lot of points. So, yeah, it's obvious. What is it? Nine? Is it nine touchdown passes? Nine touchdown passes. Yep. To two interceptions? Leads the league. Yep. Okay. Two interceptions. There you go, right there. Nothing to argue about. Okay. As much as I'd like like to – I, as much as I'd like to argue that he he hasn't been the best player in the first, he has. Okay? Yeah. It, it, it's hard. I mean, there's. I mean, if you oh, go online, oh, you'll oh. find lots of people. You'll find lots of people that are argue with you, Christopher. I'm not one of them. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. I know. 
But I like I like talking with intelligent people. So Rudy Charles. just put up his post. Charles. His Charles. Yeah. Charles. Chris. Christopher just called me intelligent. First time ever, man. You have to record that and mark it down when they did well, it because you might want to refer to it all, someday. That, 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 that's absolutely not true. That's absolutely here. not true. I've said that on many occasions, Will. Never, okay? never, never. And for the same same reason why you tell us why you like to participate in this podcast, it's because you get to talk to people who know what they're talking about in football. And that I, feeling I is I, mutual. I, I guess, yeah, and, and, and I wish I could tell you we're all rocket scientists. You don't have to we're be not. a rocket scientist to talk about football, okay, because it's not that complicated. Now, I'm a computer just engineer. That's pretty close. Just, just say it. It's not you don't that have that to weight ratio, okay. So Rudy just put in his pick, and I guess he is listening to the podcast. He took Saskatchewan. How did he do this? He did this completely out of order. Okay, he's taken Calgary at 57. He even went higher than you, Will. Uh-huh. Which is actually the Bodog number, wasn't it? 57 is the over-under. Yeah. Uh, yeah then he takes uh, Saskatchewan at 53. And so he's the only one taking Saskatchewan. And then he takes uh, Winnipeg at 44. You see, okay, so there's that. Okay, believe it or not, guys, believe this or not, I am a, I am a nice guy. Okay? No. And today, and today, and today, and today when Rudy posted some pictures of what he considered nice footwear, I've decided that I have to help him, okay? <laughs> well, if anyone knows about he, footwear, it's you. Because he doesn't, he doesn't have a fucking clue, okay? He doesn't have a clue. <laughs> I'm sorry. He doesn't. Okay? A, a, a blind guy has a better suit like than Rudy. A blind guy has a better, better, better taste than Rudy. But that's what happens when you, you're from Manitoba and you've never looked outside that province. Okay. Will, do you own shoes that you've never Wait. worn? Uh, yes. Yes. That's what I thought. Yes. Only, only, only because Charles, I'm saving them for a special occasion. Okay. What that special occasion I got is, I don't rum know. Like that. I don't know. I bought, actually, this past weekend, I bought two brand-new suits and two brand-new pairs of shoes to go with my two new suits. And uh, and it's all for this wedding I'm going to in August. And those those people, those people don't know. They better up their game big time, okay? They better up their game big time. It's in That's all I can say. That's the uh, one in Winnipeg, right? Yes, sir. Where's the wedding? Okay. Uh, is that game farmers? What was that? I said they're not going to up their game. They're farmers. Oh no, no! It's you got to understand, Christopher. It's an Italian wedding, okay? 
Oh, the okay. Well, pretty, the, that's that going to have some nice footwear at it. That level is pretty high, and and the whole thing is at the uh, Hotel Fort Gary, which is a palace or, or which is a Fairmount hotel. Okay. Okay. So come to my daughter's wedding. That's correct. That's correct. Make yeah. sure you bring your make sure you bring your envelope full of money too. Yep. Yes. All right. I'm gonna make so, them all refuse. I I I I haven't I haven't really shopped for for clothes for quite some time now. Man, I had fun on Sunday. Let me tell you. Okay, okay. We're, we're running out of time here, and I'm sorry, Will. We are I'll so. You off. I'm glad you have fun. Okay. It's Shopping okay. for clothes it's okay. is always a great thing, especially in the suit store. But we're going to carry on here real quick. We've got eight minutes left in the show. Uh, running back Jamal Morrow from Saskatchewan came in uh, second place there with uh, 735 all-purpose yards, two rushing touchdowns, league leader in rushing with 257 yards. 5.6 yards per carry uh, average with 11 receptions for 115 yards and 363 yards uh, return yards, 200-plus games, That's, and uh, top performer in week two. That's pretty impressive. I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah, he's pretty uh, impressive. No doubt about it. Defensive lineman Robertson from Saskatchewan, defensive lineman Pete Robertson, Leads the league with seven sacks. Match career high of two sacks in a game on three occasions, week one, three, and four. Ten defensive tackles. Uh, matches output his matches the output from the entire 2021 rookie campaign. Tied for first and fourth fumbles with two. Fumble recoveries two. Top performer in week four. And why well, is that? Like kind of a machine. Why is that? Why is why is he doing so well? Why is he doing so well? Because the other teams are worried about Charleston Hughes on the other side. Yeah. Just a thought. Yeah. Okay, so moving on real fast here. We got to keep going. Uh, Ticast quarterback Dane Evans struggles to explain string of turnovers with starting job in jeopardy. Did they keep the wrong guy? No, they didn't keep the wrong guy. They kept the wrong O-line. Things need to change in Ticat land. I'm just not sure what it is. And uh, it's not Dane Evans. I'm not going to blame Dave Evans for this. Uh, If anything, he's trying to put the team on his back and try to do too much. And uh, it's not working because the team is really heavy and he's not that strong. He's not a Mike Riley. He's not a Mike Riley, and he can't do that. So, you know what? Just do your job. Concentrate on your job. And let everybody else do their jobs around them. And the O-line has to step up and do a better fucking job in Hamilton because they're not protecting their QB. Anybody input on that? Five minutes left in the show. Keep her quick. I, I, I agree with it 100%. I don't yeah, think they picked the wrong guy. I don't think they picked the wrong guy. I don't think Jeremiah Mazzoli no, would be doing any better. Nope, I agree. Um, I'm really saddened that we didn't have enough time to do Sparky's uh, uh, power rankings because he, he spent a lot of time on these mathematical formulas. I don't think he has the mechanics of this right yet. 
and uh, we, we probably need to help them out on some areas in which we feel that is more important. But I'll give you the power rankings that he has right now. He has BC in first place. He has Saskatchewan in second place, followed by Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton, Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa, and Hamilton. So he has the entire Eastern Division at the end. And this is mathematical. Like I said before, it goes on sacks, turnovers, points, yards, time of possession, and win status, along with who your opponent was and this week and week one, week two. I don't know. He's got a whole pile of shit in here. Um, so what do you think of these power rankings? we got a couple minutes here. Charles? BC, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton. Uh, I I honestly need to know more about the formula because I would put BC, Winnipeg, one, two, regardless if you put Winnipeg first, BC second, or vice versa. I don't know if Saskatchewan uh, gets in over and above uh, um, over and Calgary? above two undefeated teams like Winnipeg and Calgary. I don't understand that so. I need more. I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm not saying they're bad. I just need more information. Well, if you were to put the power rankings out there right now, what would you have? <sighs> I'd probably go Winnipeg, D.C., Calgary. Uh, Winnipeg, D.C., Calgary. Edmonton. No, Saskatchewan. And then... Ottawa, Edmonton, Toronto, Hamilton, Montreal. Okay. I don't know. I have to put Montreal at the bottom because of the turmoil they've gone through. Yeah. Okay. 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 Uh, William. We've got two minutes here, two and a half minutes. Tell me what you're doing here. All right. You like Sparky's list? I go. Well, I, it changed from yesterday because he had Edmonton instead of Calgary. I am like Charles. I need to know what criteria he's looking at. My power rankings currently would be Winnipeg, BC, Calgary, Saskatchewan, Edmonton, and all the East teams in the bottom. So I'm close to Sparky's. Interchangeable? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean... In all honesty, here's the total numbers, okay? He's got BC at 20.42, Saskatchewan at 20.16. I don't know what these numbers mean, yeah. but they're close. Uh, Winnipeg at 19.63, and then substantial drop-off with Calgary at 18.44, uh, Edmonton at 18.27, and then Montreal at 17.56. Yeah, but Toronto where are these numbers? Ottawa is yeah. the same. The three bottom ones are literally the same. How is he generating these numbers? I don't know. I, I, okay. I asked him to explain it to me, and he explained it, and then he deleted it. Oh, okay. Anyone come on the podcast to tell us how, so... He's going to have to come on the podcast next episode to explain his power rankings because 
he understands never it. Never happened. I mean, he's, 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 he's got this master's degree. I think it'll happen. I think Sparky will come on and, and discuss this because, hey, I don't know what the fuck he's doing, and I'm pretty sure you don't. Okay, 28 seconds no. left. Sorry. Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 494. I've been your host, Christopher Jones. I'm going to let this one go real quick. Charles, say goodnight. Good night, folks. Enjoy the games. Talk to you next week. And Good William. night, everybody. Good night, everybody. And remember, Halifax is a reality. <laughs> Montreal. Well, the city is. Or, sorry, Quebec City. <laughs>